0: And wonderful Oh Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes. Got her wings on too. You know I never seen her better stew. Woo. Oh, B-b-b-b-Bitty
1: and Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, the flight attendants, and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about running from the cops on a layover, holy water, maxi pads, tongs, fainting, and an ambient airplane anxiety dream, or uh, aka Being Zombie on the airplane. Let's get on with the show.
0: Boy, I've been
1: podcasting a long time. You know, it's been nine years now. It's getting close to a decade, a decade of podcasting. And because it's been so long, and uh, I probably should have some (laughs) record-keeping... system so i know if i've told a story on the podcast before but now that it's been so long uh there's lots of times i'm not sure so i was just telling this story on my last trip and i like it so much and i was racking my brains going have i told that story have i told it have i told it i don't know (laughs) so i'm gonna tell it again and if it's a repeat uh it's a good story anyway so when i was based in los angeles there's this infamous flight attendant she's so much fun uh a real character. Passengers love her. But she's also a person where um, things happen to her. You know, like the, life is not dull for her. <laughs> That's why she's infamous. And she was, she told me this story herself. So because some of the stories, uh, she'll say, oh, they aren't true. And then you'll say, what about this one? She'll be like, oh, that one's true. I'm like, what about this one? Oh, that one's true. <laughs> but this one, she told me herself. So I know, you know, I got it from the horse's mouth. So they say. So they, she was on a layover in Mexico City. And uh, she's she was, actually, I think she's cleaned up since then. But she was uh, always known as a, you know, party gal. Liked to go out. Liked to, you know, whoop it up. And uh, none of the flight attendants on that crew wanted to go out. And so the captain said, I'll go. So uh, he also didn't, he had never met her before. So he probably didn't know what he was getting into. <laughs> he's just your normal you know straight-laced pilot type captain and uh, they go out and I think they went to a gay bar because she likes to do that had quite a few cocktails decided to take a uh, taxi home to the hotel so the taxi gets pulled over by the cops and she's looking at the cops thinking I don't know something seems fishy and uh she's trying to explain that to the to the captain but you know the captain's worried they're getting pulled over you know what's gonna happen and so she says to him under her breath they're in the the uh back seat and she's like um well actually at this point i think they had him uh bent over the side of the car you know like uh the hands behind their back and uh (laughs) she says to him i'm gonna count to three and i'm gonna run and so under his breath he's like what (laughs) She goes, I'm going to count uh, three, and I'm going to run. And he's like, what? <laughs> so she goes, one, two, <laughs> and she takes off running. And this poor pilot, the captain, you know, he was with her. You know, he kind of feels responsible. And here she's taking off running from the police. You know, he's not the run from the police type, but he didn't have much choice. So <laughs> when she said, one, Two, when she got to three and ran, he just thought, oh, crap, I guess I got to run. So here they are running from the cops in Mexico on a layover. And the cops are following him. And they're going down different streets and turning. And she says to him, now she doesn't have to talk under her breath, she goes, there's a dumpster over there. Let's hide in the dumpster. And he's like, What? <laughs> I'm sure that Captain has never run from the cops or hidden a dumpster before in his life and probably never did again. <laughs> but they <laughs> climbed into the dumpster. The cops couldn't find him. They eventually they waited there for a while in a Mexican dumpster, then eventually walked home. And when they asked the hotel, the hotel said, Oh yeah, you know, those weren't cops. That's just uh that's been happening around here where um they pretend to be cops and just rob and mug the People. So she was right. (laughs) But she had some extreme, uh, you know, methods for running away from (laughs) the muggers by saying, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to run.
0: She just moved from Missouri and she's feeling kind of bruised. She says, Hey,
1: I haven't had as many um, ambient stories lately. For a while, it was nothing but ambient stories, people taking their clothes off and stuff. But something happened on one of your flights.
2: Uh, yeah, we were all in the aisles um, doing our service, and all of a sudden we heard this commotion in the very back galley. So I walk back there, and there is a passenger uh, in the back galley Opening and shutting And slamming the oven doors And really? she kept Yeah She kept screaming I can't believe I've got to cook For all these effing people <laughs> So So <laughs> And I asked her What she was doing And she said that Again I just can't believe I've got to cook For all these people It's like and, an anxiety dream Oh completely Completely <laughs> So um, We just kindly said You know No cooking for you today And <laughs> Set her down. And set her back down And she went fast asleep <laughs>
1: So I've had two incidents recently that made me think about how passengers never really think that... um you never take into account that your flight tenants might not be operating at 100%. You know, we're people too, stuff happens to us. Uh, but you know, the focus is on them, rightly so. But um, I was on this trip and one of the other flight tenants, of course, I just met her, but uh, it, it really can be a, a family type environment. We cover for each other. We're happy to cover if somebody's having an issue. And uh, she was saying how she had, she lived in Chicago and it had been snowing and she had fallen on the ice and she thought she had a slight concussion. And uh, her leg, was all swollen and uh but she had to come to work because she had Colin in sick you know we're always so worried about getting in trouble uh because we like our jobs anyway we were like don't worry you know she's like I might be slower I'm like don't worry I'll, I'll just cover all up on the other side no problem and uh so I kept asking her you know how you doing and uh One of the other flight attendants was like, what was wrong? And so she's explaining that uh, she had followed on the ice. You know, she had a headache and her leg was swollen. And the girl was like, oh, when you go on crew rest, uh, you should put a brace on your leg. I have a uh, ankle. I have an ankle brace. Uh, You know, it'll help a lot, you know, if you can wear the brace for, you know, an hour or so. And uh, she's like, oh, no, it's it's not my ankle. It's my knee. And the other girl goes, I have a knee brace. (laughs) And I was thinking, Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You're starting to have an aging workforce if you have a uh, selection of braces, spare braces with you (laughs) and your flight attendant suitcases. Uh, But this next trip, I mean, it's just interesting how things happen in cycles. But the next trip I was on and uh, the purser, so she's the one that's in charge. uh, She's the boss on the plane. Uh, Real pretty, uh, long blonde hair, really pretty. Anyway, nice as could be. And, you know, we a lot of us really do have, and I'm sure you guys don't see it or don't realize, it, but we really do have a good work ethic because <laughs> it's during the service, you know, right in the the crux of the multi-courses in uh, first class. So um, she was bending down in the galley. And when she stood up and, you know, we're lots of times we're in a hurry because we're trying to make it. You know, so they're not waiting or they have their food or they have the dirty food in front of them that long. So I know you guys are never in a hurry. Passengers are never in a hurry. Man, do you walk slow to the bathroom? Man, do you take a lot of time getting stuff out of the over a bit? <laughs> you know, we're on a different pace. You guys are like, oh, it's a nine hour flight. I can go super slow. And we're always like, I got stuff to do. <laughs> anyway, she was probably in a hurry. And when she was standing up, the the door to the ice bin was open, and she hit her head on the corner of the door, the compartment door, and it must have been sharp, and she sliced her head open. She cracked her head open, and uh, I'm sure a lot of you are aware that Head wounds bleed like the dickens. Man, is there a lot of blood. So she, she's holding her head, and there's all this blood everywhere. You know, her blonde hair is now all red, and she's. We're all saying, "Oh my gosh!" You know, because we actually had to page for a doctor. She had a major head head wound and we're in the middle of the service and she's in charge and she's holding her head and she, we're going go in the bathroom you know try to clean it up you know see how bad it is you know you need to take care of yourself and she's like holding her head her hair's all mad and she's like i think the guy at 11a wanted a fish but i wrote down chicken and we're like we'll take care of <laughs> the entree orders take care of yourself you're bleeding you know <laughs> so you know we're short a flight him because you know l- literally she needed a medical attention and here's this guy in first class on my side and uh he 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 should have heard we're paging for a doctor and seen r- people running around you know ever getting out first aid kits and looking for bandages all that kind of stuff and um but he <laughs> he says uh, I'm like oh. Would you like some more wine? Are you having the uh, Chardonnay or the Sauvignon Blanc? And he says to me, you should know which one I'm having. And I wanted to say at that point, uh, we got blood going on up here. So, yeah, I wasn't focused on whether you were having the Chardonnay or the Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> you got to have your priorities here, man.
0: in the morning. She feels
3: that she my um, I have a, a priest... Yeah. and he's traveling with his mother and she's just a coop. right and uh he's in normal the mother's a coop? the, his the priest's mom, mother the priest's mother she's just a coop. she's like oh i'm on the plane you know <laughs> da, 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 this is my son the priest i'm flying with and she goes and then you know the side he's being very patient and sweet you know and and I said oh that's nice you're traveling with your mother and you go and she's like oh wait a minute wait a minute and she pulls out this bottle of holy water and starts slashing the cockpit <laughs> she did she like threw water i mean into the into the at the pilots like you know it was, it was, was it an old? l-1011 so it was yeah. a big this is a long time ago too she's yes. just so blessing was, them blessing the, blessing the <laughs> of holy water i go did you feel that you know i mean they had to have felt like some water on them
1: So I'm commuting home from work, and you know, you're always tired, and I'm always hoping to get an actual seat so I can take a little nap before I have to, I have like an hour drive after I take the commuter flight home, and uh, lots of times uh, there is no seats because the flights are full, so I'm, luckily we have the privilege of sitting on the jump seat, you know, the fold-down seat, our flight tenant seats, Uh, but uh, because my flight is a short flight my commuter flight it's a tiny plane and let me tell you that's a small jump seat back there and the working crew would normally be sitting back there by themselves so i'm really inconveniencing them by having to smoosh in there and i (laughs) immediately profile like (laughs) because i'll tell you you know we have some heavy set people and if it's a heavy set person back there boy then that's uncomfortable but uh i was on this flight coming home from amsterdam i was very tired and uh it's a young guy, thin, um, good-looking young guy, and I'm thinking, oh good, because this won't be a problem for me. to <laughs> It's terrible. I'm like, oh goody, he's not fat. <laughs> that's actually what I'm thinking. It's a terrible thing to think, but <laughs> it is uh, understandable when you're going to have to smush into a seat, and I'm the one that's inconveniencing them. So it makes me feel terrible if they are a heavy set person and I and I have to smush in there with them. So anyway, it's a young, good-looking guy. And, uh, I said, oh, you know, I'm sorry, but you know, I'm on the jump seat. I'll be sitting back here with you. And he's like, oh, it's all right. No problem. I commute. I know what it's like, but wait till you see how crazy bad I look just trying to get down into that seat. And I'm thinking, why would he have trouble bending down to get in a seat? He's a young fit guy. And I was like, why? And he goes, oh my goodness. You wouldn't believe it. I got this, um, bit by a brown recluse spider. You know, that's a big deal. Those things are, it's those, they can be deadly. It's a big thing. But anyway, on his lower back, sort of at his waistline, he was telling me he's got, he's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's huge and it's red and it hurt. And like right where my, my pants waistline is like rubbing on it. And and sure enough, we go to sit down and he looks like an 80 year old man (laughs) trying to get down into the jump seat. I feel terrible for him. And we're, we, you know, because I like to chat and uh, I had to find out all about, you know, where the, you know, where he was when the, the spider bit him. And so it was a lot of spider talk on the jump seat. <laughs> but uh, he was saying, you know, you know, he hated to call in sick for a spider bite, but man, it just hurt so much. And I was saying, oh, you know, I was just on a flight where we were going through the the first aid kit there's lots of bandages and tape and stuff in there you know you, you there's something you can put on it so that maybe you know your waistband your pants won't rub on your brown recluse spider bite and he's like yeah but you know once we get into those if we get into the emergency equipment uh you have to get it replaced it it's kind of a big deal sometimes it can cause a delay you know to the next flight so uh he's like yeah i kind of hate to do that and then at this point we're in the air and another flight attendant had walked back there and she's like, How are you doing? He's like, Oh man, just hurts. And I, he's like, You know, we had been talking back here about maybe I should try to put a band-aid on it. And the other flight didn't. And it wasn't me who thought of it. Normally, I'm good at thinking up uh, alternatives. MacGyver, um, you know. <laughs> Ways of dealing with things. But the other part did it was like, why don't you try, you know, a maxi pad in the bathroom? Because, you know, it's all cushy and, you know, there's adhesive on the back. You could like stick it to the your pants so maybe it won't rub. And he was like, oh, you know, I think I think that might help. So he goes into the bathroom probably for the first time in his life to get a maxi pad because he's a guy. <laughs> he comes out and he's like, wow, you know. It really is cushy. I I think this is going to work. And the other flight attendant was like, well, you know, you should pr- probably take a few. So, you know, in case they're not on the next plane or, you know, for your layover. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take some maxi pads with me. So then we started laughing as we we're like landing, <laughs> you know. I said, well, be careful. Like when you're opening your bag, like to get your tip out for the layover, you know, the pilots might look in and see that guy has a bunch of maxi pads in his carry-on. This next story needs a slight explanation because there's a lot of acronyms in the airline industry. Uh, it's like alphabet soup, it's almost ridiculous because there's so many. Shortcuts for everything, but um, some of the emergency equipment we have on board, we have acronyms for, and uh, the, the ones in this next story is a PBE a uh, portable breathing equipment. It's like a smoke hood you would use to fight a fire. And then a PO2, which is like a uh, portable medical oxygen that we use, that we love because it really does make a lot of people feel better. It's probably psychological, but man, we love to have medical ox- oxygen in, a, in an emergency. <laughs> Get them some oxygen. So anyway, here's the story.
4: Yes, you won't believe this. There was a new hire on flying on a 757 crew of four. So this gal's in the back, and it's the end of the service, so everybody's kind of walking up, you know, to first class to pick over the food, and the girl calls up there from the back, goes, I have a medical emergency. I think this guy's having a heart attack. They're like, we're on the way, just stand by, give him some oxygen. They go running back there, they're grabbing on the stuff. They walk around, she's got him on the jump seat, she has the PBE on him. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, let's uh, fix this just a little bit. <laughs> I want to take a
1: moment and thank all of you who went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, when you were going to buy something on Amazon. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show, makes me really happy. I also really like seeing what people buy. I don't see any names, just what people buy. And uh, last month, people bought... Um, they were mainly books or uh, e-books. And one was Thug Kitchen, the official cookbook, Eat Like You Give a Fuck. <laughs> That's the name of a book. <laughs> another one was uh, Marmaduke Surface Blows, Salty Technical Romances. That was an expensive thing for uh, Marmaduke. Salty Technical Romances. <laughs> and then another one was uh, Among the Mermaids, Facts, Myths and enchantments from the sirens of the sea. <laughs> so if you're going to buy, you know, a book on the sirens of the sea on Amazon, please think and consider going to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, or you can bookmark it so you don't have to go anytime you're going to buy something on Amazon. It supports the show, and I thank you so, so much. Put it
0: on a smirk, he knows that
1: Betty City, it comes first. I don't know if it's because of the podcast or because I love movies, but I'm very attuned to voices and what people sound like and who has a good voice and certain things like that. So I was in briefing, um, it's actually a couple of months ago, and the um, pilots come in and Uh, especially for international flight. We have more time. We do a lot more prep than on a domestic flight. And the pilots tell us, you know, how the ride's going to be and if there's any security concerns and they're introducing themselves and we're introducing ourselves. That kind of stuff. Totally normal, just like you would picture. And um, the captain is talking and I'm thinking, oh, he sounds just like somebody. And stuff like that just bugs me. (laughs) It's stupid. I know I'm supposed to be thinking about what he's talking about, but all I can think about is, Wait a minute, who, who, whose voice is that? <laughs> so, what helps for me in those instances is to not look at them. So, like to shut your eyes, because if you shut your eyes for a second and you're not looking at the person, you can concentrate on the voice. And I was thinking, oh, it's Judge Reinhold. You guys remember Judge Reinhold? He was like in the Beverly Hills cop movies, uh, some funny movies with Bette Midler. He was, he was, he was very. He was a very popular comedic actor. And this guy, this pilot, this captain's voice was spot on, perfect, exactly like Judge Ryle. So... So then I asked him, you know, we get on the plane. I'm like, do you know who you sound like? He's like, yeah, I sound like Judge Reinhold. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess you've heard that before. He's like, yeah. I'm like, really? It's amazing how spot on it is. So then I have to tell all the other flight attendants. So then every PA he made, everything he said is more fun. It's just funny to me because it's like he's using this actor's voice. And of course, it's his voice. Anyway. I've also had other people that sound just like Michael Keaton or someone who sounds like Kevin Costner. But uh, this next story, this guy, actually, I couldn't figure out who it was he sounded like. Uh, So I was like, um, you sound like somebody. Who is it? And he's like, oh, Mr. Chow from the Hangover movies, Ken Jeong's character. And then as soon as he said it, it was like, oh, yes, that's it. You sound like Mr. Chow. So then for the rest of the trip, everything he said was just hilarious because I was just picturing Mr. Chow from the Hangover movies telling the story. So here's Mr. Chow.
2: You'll be good at it. So something happened. Alright, so two days ago I was driving to work for this trip. I always listen to NPR on the way too. in the car to calm me down. So on the news it was BBC uh, Broadcasting uh, Julian, what or whatever. Anyway, it's first, it's the, it was the first in South Africa, it was the first penis transplant that was successful yeah it was the first successful penis transplant apparently this guy this man who decided to have a um, to get circumcised even though he was older for religious purpose he decided to get circumcised and the whole operation um, he got infected so they have to amputate his penis. oh my gosh so they have to do the transplant but they said the doctor said the, the guy that they interviewed the doctor and he said the hardest part was getting the um, someone uh, the donor because it's not like a kidney well, or how a liver. How are you gonna
1: get a donor? Apparently,
2: he, after two years, it took. It was a very difficult process. Yes.
1: nobody wants to give donors. It was a
2: very difficult, but it took two years. But I did get one, and after the transplant, um, you know, the uh, the interviewer asked, so how was? How do you know it was successful? And the doctors say, well, he test drive it and he had intercourse with his wife and she was very happy with him. That's when we knew that was a successful transplant. I swear I did not make so, this up. Okay, but
1: now where did the where did the the new penis come from? Like what's somebody From a donor, from a donor who's dying. A person who was dying. So when you say you're giving your parts away, you might be giving away private parts. Canaver
2: penis. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 it was a dying person. Yeah. It was a dying patient yeah. who was, you know, decided to give it up because they know they were dying anyway.
1: I was working a flight to Amsterdam uh, in first class. You know, there's multiple courses. And uh, we were on the second course, which is like a soup and salad and um, and bread. So it's like after the appetizer, before the main course. and. Uh, we now serve it on a cart. So I'm on the cart. And I had set down this guy's tray and asked him if he wanted soup. I poured him some soup. And I was about to give him, uh, ask him which type of bread he would like. We have it in a nice basket with tongs, you know, so we they can point to it and I can give it to them. And my tongs were gone. And I was thinking, you know, I do dumb stuff all the time. So I'm thinking. Did I drop them on the floor and I didn't notice? So I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to stay looking professional, not like uh, I lost my darn tongs. <laughs> so I'm like uh, nonchalantly trying to look around on the floor in business class. I don't see any tongs. I'm thinking, could I possibly have put them in the drawer where the soup bowls were? I've never done that before, but I nonchalantly open the drawer, no tongs. And I'm thinking, where? On, they're not on anywhere near on my car. I'm like, where could those tongs have gone? I was about to go back to the galley to get some other ones because I was thinking, oh, my tongs are gone. I look at the other passenger sitting across. The, and he's got this smile on his face. He had took them. He had stolen my tongs just to be uh, mischievous. <laughs> and I know that shouldn't seem unusual, but I've never... A passenger do that before I was like you stole my tongs he's like yes I did <laughs> just weird strange tongs dealer
3: and all that and this guy brings up like an old Samsonite you know into the jetway and I was at the boarding door and um, he he said oh there's something going off inside this luggage. No. Goes, I think it's an electric razor, but he goes. We can hear it going yeah. buzzing, right? So I, so um, you know, I page for Miss Smith, you know, whatever. That's what he told me. It's names on the luggage tag, and um, she wasn't on board yet. You know, so we're waiting, and he's standing out there in the jetway waiting. Maybe she hasn't come. They don't know where she is, right? So I say something to the pilot. I go, "There's something buzzing in this bag out here. They're paging for the passenger." So this lady comes down, and a man and a woman, and I see them like fussing in the bag. You know, a man and a woman. So I'm not thinking still anything of this, you know? So anyway, um, they get on and I said, oh, did you turn off your electric razor? And she's blonde and fair skinned. She looks up, she's beet red and she goes, it wasn't a razor, it was my vibrator. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I was like, you know, 22 years old, like, oh my God. <laughs>
1: few months since I took my trip to Sulawesi, Indonesia, so I'm getting a uh, trip fever. <laughs> I'm getting itchy to go somewhere, so I'm taking a smallish trip to Panama. 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 I'm not totally sure what I'm going to do on my trip to Panama. I haven't really... Uh, planned it yet. I have done a little research here and there, and I, I saw some uh, jungleos. Never heard that term before. Have you? It's jungalo. It's a tent in the jungle, so they call it like a like a bungalow in the jungle, so they call it a jungalo. <laughs> Sounds right up my alley. But other than the jungalo, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll tell you all about it in the next episode. So after my jump seat partner got his maxi pad relief. (laughs) He started feeling better. And I started telling stories like I am want to do. And uh, he's luckily, I love when this happens, I'll tell a story. And then they come up with something, then it reminds me of another story. But then that reminds them of another story. But I didn't have my recorder out because you're not supposed to do that on the jump seat, obviously. Anyway, he was saying how, oh, he's like, Oh, I was just telling that story about the um, purser and you know her matted bloody hair (laughs) you know she's blonde and he's like oh oh i was flying with this girl really pretty black girl just beautiful stunning and she uh like Flat iron, straight irons her hair, and it's like this long, silky hair. And he said she was working on a little plane, and she had bent down to get some uh, beer, and it was right as the plane was descending, and there was an ice bucket on the counter, and so right when the plane descended, the ice bucket slipped off and drenched her, but only drenched half of the side of her hair. And she said she was feeling it, going, "Oh." <laughs> because the one side was totally sleek and straight. She said she could just feel the other side curling up, getting shorter and shorter. And it was the first flight of the day. So the rest of the day, she worked with half of her hair straight and half of her hair shorter and
4: curlier. So years ago, when we had the L-1011, we had a, a, a galley right in the center. And um, at the time we were going, I think Atlanta, L.A., or one of the West Coast places, so there was a movie on. The cabin was dark, and it was a quiet time, but um, so, you know, I wasn't real. I was just standing there, and then I I looked over and saw two male flight attendants. We had our, our blue Navy uniforms, and, you know, they were standing there, and all of a sudden the call bells, for some reason, it started to go off. People wanted drinks, so I started to answer the call bells. And I came back up, was getting drinks, and I realized the two male flight attendants were are still standing there doing not a thing. And so I looked again, and all of a sudden, one of them decided to sit down, and there was a, a compartment under the galley. There was no cart there. He grabbed a hold of the counter, he sat down, and he slid himself in there. And I thought, what is he doing sitting there? I'm running after yeah. all these call buttons. So I went over and looked at him, and I said, you need to get up and help me. And and then it dawned on me this was not the flight attendant, this was a passenger fainting, and he was oh. grabbing a hold of the oh. thing and I'm yelling at this poor man, you need to get up and help me and he's to go lay in there like I'm fainting, I'm dying here. <laughs> and, and so and he was just wearing a blue suit. He was just wearing a blue suit and I went, Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? <laughs>
1: Are you okay? Are you <laughs> okay? Yeah.
4: And that was the end of that one.
0: on Thursdays and she dines
1: Two days ago, I went to our annual training where we have to go and go simulate all these emergencies so we'll be prepared if something happens. And it really is good that we do it because it's good to keep all that stuff fresh in your mind. But it's stressful for us uh, because a lot of yelling and, you know, you're getting, you know, judged, you know, if you don't. Pass. You have to go back at the end of the day, or you have to go back to training another day. Anyway, it's it's it is a, a stressful time for us, and then so it's getting towards the end of the day, and so we're all starting to feel you know a little less stressed. and I start telling stories. So you have to wait while other people are going through their um, emergency training because you have to like strap yourself in and you know simulate, yell and scream. Oh, you have to do all the thing, but we have to do it. We do it one by one, so the rest of us are sitting out in the hallway and uh i start telling stories because you know i guess you can figure out i like to tell stories (laughs) so this, this other girl starts telling this story because um we were sitting out in the hall and this is the drill where you have to go and use all the emergency equipment and um you know actually like use the extinguishers and stuff so you're familiar with it in case you have to use it to fight a fire or whatever so one of the things you had to do in there was put on the the crew, life vests, because the ones we usually put, we use for the demo, they don't have the cartridges in them. They're, you know, they're dummy vests, so that way we can actually pull down uh, where you pull down to actually inflate the vest, and it isn't going to inflate. Uh, but we are actually, because we're training, doing the one that actually does inflate, and uh, we don't do that that often. It's probably good. They're, you know, doing it so you can see, and um, we're out in the hallway, and we hear this, like, ah! <laughs> when the When the... <laughs> When she actually inflated the vest because really it's a loud noise and it puffs up so quickly as it should, but, and it kind of like smooshes up your cheeks, you know? <laughs> so the, this girl I'm sitting in the hallway, she's like, Oh, oh my gosh, years ago, you wouldn't believe it. But there was this girl that everybody hated. She's just mean girl. Uh, nobody liked her. And this other girl had decided she was going to get her. She's going to get back out at, at this mean girl. And so this is extreme, if you ask me. I don't even know where you'd get one of these cartridges. But she had brought a cartridge with her to work. So when the girl was doing the safety demonstration with the life vest that's not supposed to have a cartridge, so it won't, doesn't inflate when we pull on it, and she's standing in front of everybody on the plane, full flight, and she shows, you know, how to, to inflate the life vest, and the thing goes, and she's like, Ah! Her cheeks are all smushed as the thing and play. Everybody's looking at her. <laughs> I guess that's what you get. You're a mean girl. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time, because hopefully, I will have some good stories from. And I hope you'll join me so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye.
0: Hey, kids, when you fly together, I should tell you where she's been. take off and the signal is strong. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. B-b-b-b- Betty and the chicks Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen.